One other announcement I forgot to make, and that is that uh, Joanne has got a, a ladies' Bible study that she's putting together. If you'd like to join her for that, please do sign up in the atrium. Courage. Courage. Something that inspires all of us when we see it in action, but something that maybe for most of us is a hard thing to embrace or to pursue ourselves. I would say this to you today, that being courageous is as important as any of the virtues that we find in the scripture. A lot of people don't know this, but God has called you to be courageous. And by that, I mean we need to take a step of faith, willing, willing to do what God has called us to do. And we talked about this last week a little bit, didn't we, about having the courage to step out and do God's will. We said that, that we were tempted so often not just to do bad things, but we're tempted to do that which, uh, or tempted not to do what, God, what, what we know is God's will. We're tempted to walk away from what we know God wants us to do because we feel it's too difficult, because we, we, we look at the personal uh, price that it's going to cost us. We, 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 we struggle with that. This morning, I want to ask you that question. Are you doing God's will? Are you doing what God wants you to do? And I'll get a little bit more specific about this in just a few moments. But the fact of the matter is, is that for, for those of us who are doing God's will, we are experiencing the power of God at work in our life. Those of us who are not doing God's will, those of us who've been maybe taking a few steps back and we thought, you know, well, I'm just going to be an observer for a while or, you know, I'm, just, I'm not going to go so heavy on Christianity. I'm not going to, you know, take it so seriously. You are the ones that are missing out on the supernatural at work in your life. And I want you to get that back. Because I'm convinced this morning that the thing that, that makes Christianity so thrilling and so exciting, the thing that, that gives you a joy and, and, and gives you a, a real thrill, is experiencing and knowing the Spirit of God at work in you and through you. So this morning we want to talk about getting that back. I'm going to tell you it's going to take courage. Somebody sent me something this past week, um, a little boy showing great courage, and I thought I'd share it with you. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it sounds true. Uh, well, at least it sounds funny. Um, this little boy says, our teacher asked what my favorite animal was, and I said, fried chicken. And she said, I wasn't funny. But she couldn't have been right because everyone else laughed. My parents told me to always tell the truth. I did. Fried chicken is my favorite animal. I told my dad what happened, and he said my teacher was probably a member of the PETA. He said they love animals very much. Well, I do too, especially chicken, pork, or beef. Anyway, my teacher sent me to the principal's office, and I told him what happened, and he laughed too. Then he told me not to do it again. The next day, in class, my teacher asked me what my favorite live animal was. I told her it was chicken. <laughs> she, she asked me why, so I told her it was because you can make them into fried chicken. <laughs> she sent me back to the principal's office. <laughs> He laughed, and he told me not to do it again. I don't understand. My parents taught me to be honest. Now, there's a boy with courage 
My parents taught me to be honest, but my teacher doesn't like it when I am. So today, my teacher asked me to tell her what famous person we admire most. And I told her, Colonel Saunders. <laughs> Guess where I am now. <laughs> Last week, we uh, visited the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. And um, it was there that we, we looked at where Jesus was at in terms of his own ministry. He really was coming to the close of his earthly ministry. He was coming to the place now where he was going to do the most important part of his work here on earth. He knew it was coming. He knew that he would be arrested. He knew that he would be treated badly. He knew that he would be mocked, ridiculed. He would be beaten. He knew that he would be stripped. He knew that he would stand naked. Everything, everything would be put on display. And Jesus was having a struggle. When the Bible says that God understands the struggles you're going through, he really does. Jesus has experienced every pain, every temptation, every struggle that you have ever experienced. If you're here today and you think that God doesn't understand, he does. This is part of the great work that Jesus did here on earth. He came to identify with you and me and what we experienced here on earth. Jesus knows that he's about to go to the cross to be crucified. He's about to experience death. And he's having a real struggle. Just like you or I would. He's having a real struggle and he's saying, God, I don't, I don't think I can do this. Father, well, let's take a look what he says in his words. Read it with me. Father, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Let's just stop there for a moment. You see where Jesus is at. He's saying, God, if it's possible to do the other thing, is, God, is there a plan B somewhere? Is there another path that I can take? Is there another way that I can fulfill your plan without having to go through all this pain and suffering? Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Folks, I want you to know something. The very essence of the Christian life, of the Christian faith, has got to be a willingness to say, God, not my will, but your will. Until you understand that, until I understand that, then we really don't get what the faith is about. We don't really know what it means to be a Christ follower. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, if anyone would be my disciple, then you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. This is what Jesus is talking about. This is the example that Jesus is setting for us. He's calling you and me to take up our cross 
to deny ourselves, be willing to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. And I want to ask you the question today. Would this verse 42, would that describe you? Are you willing to say, God, not my will, but your will be done? Because here's the thing. Someday when you stand before Jesus, that's going to be the question. Did you do the will of the Father or did you do your own will? You see, to do your own will, that's the complete opposite of being a Christian. To do God's will, that's the definition of Christianity. And so here it is. Jesus is in this place. And he's saying, God, I'm really having a struggle with this. How many know today that having a struggle is okay? If you're feeling tempted to do something other than God's will, listen, that's, that's normal. That's human. That's totally acceptable. We all experience that. Here's the problem. The problem is, is, that, is, is when we say, you know what, this is too big. This is too hard. It's, it's too difficult. This is more than I can handle. It's more than I can do. Well, I've got to tell you this this morning. Every time you take that step of faith and do what God wants you to do, no matter how difficult it is, that's when God shows up. Look what it says in verse 43. And if you'd read that with me, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. It was after Jesus said, God, I'm willing to do your will, no matter what it costs me, I'm willing to go forward and do it. It's at that moment that Jesus had that supernatural experience, an angel appears from heaven and strengthens him. I'm going to tell you this today. The, the joy or the excitement of the Christian life is that, is that God shows up and helps us to live this life that he's called us to. And for so many of us, we have, we have not experienced that, and so we don't really know what what the big fuss is about. We, when, when people talk about how God showed up and helped and answered prayer and did a miracle, it's, we scratch our heads and we don't understand. I'm going to tell you why you don't understand. It's because you haven't taken that step where you said, God, I'm going to do your will no matter what the price, no matter what the cost. Last week I said this. I said everybody who, who is courageous, who takes that step of courage and does the will of God, they're the ones that experience the miraculous. They're the ones that experience the supernatural. That's when God shows up. So, when's the last time you, you had an angel visit you? When's the last time you had God show up and do something miraculous for you? When's the last time you experienced God showing up and answering prayer? Can I tell you this? This should be a regular part of your Christian experience. This should not be the exception. It ought to be the norm. And the reason I know that, first of all, is because when I read through my New Testament, particularly through the book of Acts, we see that this is, this is the pattern. Every time anybody steps out and obeys God and does his will, that's when God shows up and the miraculous takes place. I know that from reading the scriptures. Secondly, I know it from experience. I've been a Christian for 40 years. I've been in the ministry almost 30 years. And that's pretty amazing since I'm only 28. <laughs> I've experienced all through my Christian life, my Christian experience, God showing up and doing his thing in my life, wherever I am. That's not because I'm, I'm in the ministry and I'm a pastor. That's not why. 
The reason is, is that I've asked God to give me the courage to do his will, and every time I show up to do God's will, then God shows up, and he does, does his thing. God's calling you and me to be courageous, to follow him wholeheartedly, no matter what the cost, and every time you do, God's going to show up. So let me just say this. To every one of you who says, you know what, I want to follow Jesus, God gives us assignments. He gives us a general assignment, and he gives us what I would call a specific assignment. The general assignment is this. We are called to follow him and to do his will. We're called to reflect Jesus in a world that doesn't know him. We're called to live out his, his standards in a broken and dark world. We're called to be salt and light. Now that's a general assignment that absolutely every believer has. And in North America, we have a real problem on our hands because the thing that we're discovering is that there really is no difference between the believer and the unbeliever in North America. There's nothing that sets us apart. And the reason is, is that we have forgotten what it means to live like Jesus in a dark and broken world. Why is that? I can only say that it's probably because we've lost the courage to do that. We've, we've lost the courage to, to stand alone and to, be, to stand out and be different from the world. We want to blend in as much as possible. And I'm going to tell you, this flies in the face of everything that we read in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're supposed to be different. In one passage, it calls us a peculiar people. Now, some of us are just plain peculiar. <laughs> it had nothing to do with faith. I'm not talking about that kind of peculiar. I'm talking about a peculiar in this world that is, is brought on because you have decided to follow Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the general assignment. And it takes courage to do that. And the second assignment is this, what I call a specific assignment. There's something that only you can do. There's something that... It's an assignment that others can't do, but that God has, has especially picked for you to do. Back about, uh, uh, about a year ago, uh, I was going through a, a real difficult time. And uh, there was work that needed to be done, and we couldn't afford to hire someone to do that work, and I couldn't do it because I was up to here. And somebody here in this congregation, at, that, at just the moment... I need it, stepped up and said, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do. And this person had the specific talents and skills that were necessary to do this job. And I said to this person not that long ago, you know what, if it hadn't been for you stepping up and doing what only you could do, which nobody else could do, I don't even know if I'd be at the church anymore. I might have resigned. I might have packed it in. But it took courage on that person's part, and it took courage on my part to carry through and do what God wanted us to do. And you, this is what you're going to discover. Every time great things happen in your life, in your marriage, at your workplace, in your church, it happens because people have said yes to God. I will do your will. I will obey you, and I won't do what I want to do. So here's Jesus. His his 
main assignment is to make atonement for a broken and hurting world, to go to the cross and to die for your sins and mine. Now, what would happen if Jesus said, you know what, I don't think I want to do this. I think I'm going to let somebody else do this job. I don't know if I want to do this assignment. Father in heaven, can you please reassign this to somebody else? Or if Jesus said, you know what, I'm not going to do it now, maybe I'll do it another time. Sound familiar? Those are the sorts of excuses that we use. But Jesus said this, he said, not my will, Father, but yours. No reservation, no excuses, no procrastinating, but God, here am I, use me. Now, some of you might say, well, yeah, well, Jesus, well, I mean, he's God. He's, he had supernatural powers. Of course, it's easy for him to, to, to follow God. It's easy for him to do God's will. I mean, he's, he's God. He's Jesus. Can I remind you of what Jesus says about how he's feeling? Well, first of all, we read in verse 42, God, please take this cup of supper. He didn't want to do it. He wasn't saying, oh, goody, goody, I can hardly wait to be crucified. Yay. No, in fact, it says in Matthew chapter 26, 37 and 38, it says, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus is saying, man, I'm having a hard time doing this thing that God's called me to do. In fact, we read on in verse 44 that Jesus actually sweat drops of blood. So great was his stress. This is a medical condition called hematidrosis. It's a very rare condition when a human sweats blood. There's, there's, there's n- numerous examples of people who have actually had this phenomenon. They say many of the men during World War I, as they're about to climb out of the trench, out of the foxhole, and onto the field, many of them knew that the minute they popped their head over the, over the edge, that some sniper would peg them off and it would be certain death. They knew it because it was happening around them. There, there's a record of, of soldiers sweating drops of blood in such distress over what was about to happen. This was Jesus. There he is. Asked by the Father to go and lay down his life for you and for me. And he's saying, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Incredible stress. I'm going to tell you this today. There's nobody here that will go through what Jesus went through. And so Jesus says, come and follow me and do what I do. Come and give your life. Now, you and I know the rest of the story. The disciples hadn't, didn't have a clue. But here's what we know. Because Jesus was courageous and willing to go and lay down his life for you and for me, it meant that death was conquered once and for all. It meant that the grave was conquered. It meant that Satan had lost his power and lost his hold over you and me. Because Jesus courageously went forward and said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And through Christ's death at the cross, new life, eternal life, 
was the gift that he could give to all who believed. And I'm going to tell you this, folks. Every time you step out, every time you step out and are willing to be courageous and do the will of God, God shows up and does the miraculous. God shows up and does something great, something fantastic, something stupendous. But it only happens when people are willing to say, God, not my will, but thine be done. None of us is being called to be spiked to a cross. But each of us has an assignment to do. We've got some parents here today. Your job is to raise your kids to love and to serve God so that someday when they get to the right age where they're able to go out on their own, they will have learned how to obey and they'll learn how to follow God because you've taught them that while they were in your care. I'm going to tell you, being a parent takes tremendous courage. And in this day and age, it takes even more courage than usual. I've heard parents tell me, you know, I'm afraid even to discipline my kids because I'm afraid that the CFS will be at the door to take them away. It's a tough days to be parents. But guess what? You have a job to do, and you need to ask God for the courage to do the right thing, to raise your kids in the fear and the admonition of God. And by the way, when your kids are, are a little older, you don't magically stop being their parents. If ever there's a need for courage, it's when your kids hit a certain age, when they can start thinking on their own and start dressing themselves and start making their own decisions. Now suddenly they think they don't need their parents anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sarah started about six. I'm not wearing that. You expect me to wear those colors? I'm not wearing those colors. At six, I'm wearing this. I'm not wearing that. It takes tremendous courage to be a parent and to be a faithful parent that raises your kids to serve God. Some people think once your kids turn 18, it's all over. I've done my job. Now it's just like, let's, let's let nature take its course. What a disaster. What a disaster we see in our society today. Parents stop being parents. And kids think that they're smarter than their parents. I don't mean any insult to those who are, who are younger and think that they're brilliant. I don't mean an insult to you, but I'm going to tell you this. Your parents have a responsibility to raise you, to serve God, to love God, and to obey God so that you have a great life. And it takes courage for those parents to raise those kids in the way that they should go. It takes courage for kids to obey their parents, even all the other kids are doing their own thing. I had somebody tell me about how, how uh, in their home, their daughter decided that she wanted to be able to drink whenever she wanted to drink, and so the parents said, well, you can do it here. So she got herself good and drunk all the time, smoking pot. And then she decided she wanted to be able to bring her boyfriend home and he should be able to sleep over for the night. And parents said, sure, whatever, as long as it's, you know, it's in our home. Rather than standing up and saying, no, you have to get married first. No, it's not, it's not the way we function. It's not the way God wants us to live. And so the girl and the boy, they are sleeping together. She's enjoying it. He's enjoying it. She gets pregnant. He said, hey, I, I didn't sign up for this. 
I want the sex, but I don't want the kids, okay? So, bye. So now the parents are raising the daughter, and they're raising a grandchild. Why? Because somebody didn't have the courage to do the right thing. Because someone had the courage to do God's will. Now listen, I'm not condemning or judging anybody here today. Please don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Is that God's will is God's will. In other words, God knows what's best for you and for me and for this world. He's God. He gives us instructions and he gives us guidance for a reason. Because he wants you to have a good life. He wants things to go well for you. He's not a cosmic party pooper. He's a God that loves you and cares for you. He reveals himself as a father who cares for his children. And so he tells us what his will is. And he expects us to do what he says. Why? For our own good. Some of you uh, went to Africa last year. You knew that God wanted you to do it. And some just said, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to afford it. I don't know how I'm going to get the money together, but I know it's what God wants. And I said, listen to me. If you know it's what God, want, what God wants, then I need you to step out in faith, believe God, and I'm going to tell you, God will meet the need. First person I thought of was Dennis Barrett. A one-income family, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's what God wanted to do. And then, bang, money started coming in from all over the place. And God met the need. I'm going to tell you this. He never would have gone to Africa. He never would have experienced God meeting that need had he not taken that step of faith. If he had not been courageous enough to say, God, here am I. I want to be used by you. Today, folks, one year later, the whole family now is talking about going to Africa next year. But even more important than that, they have now seen the mission field and they're saying, Pastor Allen, we want to be able to assist and help Happy and Evangeline and Tawala in any way we can here in Canada. I, I see God's hand at work. I see God working this thing out. Why? Because somebody was willing to be courageous. I could keep you here the rest of the morning telling you story after story after story of people who said, God, I'm willing to do your will. I'm willing to, t- to be courageous and take that step of faith to trust God to meet the need. Last year, there were 29 who went. This year, there's, I think, close to 20 who want to go to the Philippines and to Africa. I can tell you this. Everybody who steps out in faith and says, I'm going to do God's will, they're the ones who begin to experience miracles in their life. How do I know that? Because look at verse 43. What does it say? It says, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Every time, folks, you and I step out and are willing to do God's will, then God shows up and does a miracle. God shows up and provides. God shows up and does the exact same, exact same that you need done in order for you to do his will. Some, uh, some here today, the Spirit of God's been speaking to you about that addiction that you have. God's calling you to be courageous to do the thing that you should do to get this fixed. You need to talk to your pastor. You need to have an accountability partner. You've been struggling with his addiction long enough and you need help now. And God's calling you to do his will. He's calling you to take that courageous step and saying, help, 
I want to be free. Maybe you're here today, you've been abused as a child. You've had this black cloud over your head all your life. You've been struggling. And it's affected your relationships. It's, it's affected you. And God's saying it's time for you to be set free. Be courageous. Step forward. Ask the pastor for help. Get help and be set free so that you can have a proper relationship with him and a proper relationship with the people in your life. Some of you are holding unforgiveness in your heart. You're so angry at somebody or something. Somebody has offended you and hurt you so bad, and every time you think about them, you can instantly feel your blood boiling, your head's ready to pop off. And it happened a long time ago, and it's still having an effect on you. It still has a hole in you, and God's saying this to you today. You need to let it go. You need to forget. There's somebody that you need to talk to so that you can get deliverance. It takes courage to do these things. And yet, folks, this is exactly what you and I are called to do. We're called to obey God, to do his will. And I'm going to tell you this. It's not God's will that anybody should hold unforgiveness in their heart. It's not God's will that anyone should live under the bondage and the uh, horrible effects of abuse. It's not God's will that anyone should stay in the bondage to, to, to addictions. It's God's will that you be set free, but you've got to take the courage and have the courage to step forward. I was talking to somebody just last night who called and said, you know, Pastor, I'm really... I'm really struggling right now. This person, with great courage, went into the, into the Team Challenge program, struggled with addictions all his life, and just couldn't, couldn't ever quite get it together. And he took that step of faith. And, and I'm telling you, right now he's struggling whether or not he's going to keep on the program. I said, listen, you've got to have the courage to stick with it. Don't give up. You need to be set free. And it takes courage to do not what you want, but what God wants. And the good news is that you don't do it alone. Has anybody ever heard of Noah? He's the one that gave the Ten Commandments, right? God said there's going to be a flood on the earth. And Noah, I want you to get ready. And Noah went preaching and telling everybody a flood is coming. The people, Mark, Mark reminded me of this this morning. He said that people had never heard of rain before. And so here's Noah preaching. The rains are going to come. And they're like, what's that? I mean, there's going to be floods. And, and, and here he is. He's building his ship, like, like in Headingley. He's building his ship and obeying God, doing God's will. The courage to stand up and do the right thing, even though everybody's mocking him and laughing at him. And you know what happened. He, he and his family were delivered because he had the courage to do the will of God. Miracles happen whenever people are courageous. Miracles take place whenever people do what God wants them to do. Anybody ever hear of Moses? God says to Moses, I want you to go to, uh, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let all the Jewish people leave. And no, Mo Moses is like, I mean, the Jewish people who are building the pyramids and, and are slaves of Pharaoh? Yes, that, that, that's the one I want you to go and talk to and ask him to let all the Jewish people leave. And Moses says, I don't think I can do this. 
And God says, put your hand in your, in your coat. And he pulls it out. What happens? His hand is leprous. He puts it back in. It comes out clean. He throws his, his rod, his staff on the ground. It becomes a snake. He picks it up. It turns back to normal again. God says, Moses, you've been given, you've been given some signs. I want you to go now before Pharaoh, and I want you to do this thing. Understand, Pharaoh could have had his guards put Moses to death like that. But Moses feared God more than he feared any king of the earth. Because Moses was faithful to God, the children of Israel were delivered out of slavery, out of bondage. Because he was courageous enough to do God's will, these people were set free. And they were prepared now to go into the promised land. Every time someone is courageous, miracles happen. Life becomes better for somebody. Whether it's your kids, or the people you work with, or the people in your community, or the people in your family, when you're courageous and prepared to do what God wants you to do, miracles happen. There's somebody right now in your life that's waiting to hear your story about how you came to Jesus and why you're different. And you've been afraid to speak out because you're afraid that people will laugh at you or mock you or reject you. And I'm telling you this. God's calling you to take that courageous step where you step forward and say, I'm going to tell my story no matter what. No matter what the cost. You know what they said? They say 80%. This is, this is a statistic I heard from George Barnett. 80% of people who are in church or who come to church for the first time or who become Christian do so because somebody has shared their story or has invited them to church. I'm telling you right now, people, you don't even know it. You, you look at the, you, you're actually judging the people that you know, the people in your family, your neighbors, the people at work, and you're saying, they'll never want to hear this. They'll reject me. You don't know that. You don't know that. And you don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing behind the scenes. And here's what God's calling you to do. He's, going, he's calling you to go and share your story, to tell people what Jesus has done for you. Watch what happens. There are people in church here today because God called me and called others to share our story, to take that step of faith and do the hard thing. They wouldn't be here today if someone didn't step up and do God's will. Has anybody heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Those are not horses running at the racetrack. These are the Jewish boys in Babylon refusing to do what Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to do. They... He wanted them to bow down to the graven image, and they said, no, we can only worship one God. We cannot, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We cannot worship your God. And, and what does he say? Well, that's, that's great. You're, in, you're going into the fire. You know the story. He throws them into the fire, cranks up the heat, and nothing happens. Cranks it up higher. In fact, the, the heat from that furnace was so hot that some of the guards that were, that were there trying to tend to it, they actually dropped dead from the heat. And next thing you know, they saw that there was somebody in there with them. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened them. You want to know the power of God at work in your life? You want to know a miracle take place in your life? You want to experience God show up in your life? Then take that step of faith and do what God's called you to do. Say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Anybody here, Daniel? 
refused to not pray, refused to not worship his God, refused to bow down to the whims of the Babylonian king. And for that, he was thrown into the lion's den. And next thing you know, he's got some kitty cats that he's keeping company. Why? Because an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Anybody ever hear of Peter? Peter who was told, don't you preach the gospel about Jesus Christ anymore, or you're in big trouble. And Peter says, should I listen to God or should I listen to man? And so what does he do? He goes forward and he preaches the gospel about Jesus Christ. They gather him up. As we read in Acts chapter 12, they gather him up, they throw him in prison, they put him in shackles, they even put a guard beside him. The church is so, so moved by what's happened to their, their beloved apostle Peter. They, they call a prayer meeting and they all gather at Mary's place and they begin to pray. And while they're praying, an angel from heaven appears and, and strengthens Peter and, and knocks him on the side and says, Peter, get up. We're doing a jailbreak. His shackles fall off. The gates open. He comes to the house where they're having the prayer meeting and he knocks. Rhoda, a young girl, opens the little, slides a little slit open and looks through the door and lo and behold, it's Peter and she slams it shut. Ran, runs back to the to the prayer meeting and says, Peter's at the door. And they said, it's impossible. We're having a prayer meeting to have him released. It can't be Peter, because we're praying that he gets released. Rhoda runs back and lets him in. Peter was willing to do God's will no matter what the cost. And an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. I want you to know this today, my brothers, my sisters, God wants to use you to do great things in this world today. I've just told you some great stories that took place some 2,000, 3,000 years ago, but I want you to know that the God of yesterday is the God of today and the God of tomorrow. And what he did yesterday, he wants to do today through you and through me. Last week I had somebody come to me and say, Pastor, you were preaching, you were, when you were preaching, you were looking right at me. And you, were you, were you talking to me this morning? I, and I said, well, let me ask you this question. Was God talking to you? Yes, he was. I said, now you need to have the courage to do what God is telling you to do. He, told, he can, confessed to me, confided in me, that he needs to have a major change in the way that he lives his life. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Now you need to get busy and do what God's calling you to do. And guess what? An angel from heaven will appear and strengthen you. I had somebody tell me last week after the message, after talking about being willing to have the courage to do God's will, that this person wants to do something once again to fight abortion. Remember, the church was all up in arms about abortion a few years back, but we, haven't, we don't hear anything about it anymore because what? It's an old thing, it's an old fad, it's an old problem. We've just given up and we just feel like there's nothing we can do about it anymore. But I'm going to tell you this, God's calling you and me to do his will, no matter what the cost, no matter what kind of ridicule you may experience, no matter what kind of 
suffer you may experience. And I can tell you this. You can make a difference. You can rescue babies. You can rescue the broken. You can rescue the hurting. You can rescue those who are suffering and being abused. You can make a difference. If you just be willing to say, I'm here, my God, I'm willing to do your will. And I can tell you this. An angel from heaven will appear and strengthen you. I promise you that. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray? Father, I thank you for what you want to do through this church. God, you want us to have strong marriages, strong families. You want our kids to go to heaven. God, you want us to be used to save babies who are being put to death through abortion. You want us to rescue those who are being abused. God, you really want to make a difference in this world through us. We are your hands and your feet. And we're asking, oh God, now for the courage. Give us the courage, we pray, to do your will. To say with Jesus, I want your will to be done, not mine. And Father, we know, both through the scripture and through experience, that anybody who decides to do God's will will experience and know the power of God to enable them to do it. So God, we commit ourselves to you right now, asking for the grace and the strength to go from this place ready to do your will, ready to make a difference in this world. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said it? Tell that person beside you, go do God's will.